Mark, are you just using it in, in, you know, I don't know, classical motors, whatever they call it, as opposed to metro motors? Whoa, whoa, oh. Larry. It's not I called metro anymore. <laughs> X, what is it called? It's called uh, Microsoft sure. User Interface. <laughs> when... <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling it metro myself. Me too. I'm, I'm calling yeah. it metro, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please. episode number 20 it's number 20 of yeah it's yet another tech show at yet another tech show.com my name is matt lee we got the ant pruitt what's up man what's going on folks episode 20 that's what's going on we got larry press what's up man hey you guys wait 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 i brought old yeah along you nice. want to make a cameo and she promises to be quiet tonight very cool <laughs> that that mean looking hello kitty shot collar will make sure that she's good yeah we got Mike Rothman. What's up, Mike? Hello, people there in Yats world. Good to be with you tonight. Welcome to Yatsville. All right. Going to talk about technology. It's Yats on your drive at five. Burr, burr, burr. So we've had a great milestone in humanity, I feel like, and in human accomplishments. We went to the moon. We've gone satellites all over space. I mean, we got junk out there floating around uh, everywhere. I mean, you, you'll hit it if you're not careful. And Actually, I think that's becoming a problem. But we landed a little something-something on Mars, a little something the size of an SUV, <laughs> actually. Did you guys? it's a tricked-out Taurus. It's a 2,000-pound Taurus with an MSL, the Mars Science Laboratory, on board. And I love... <laughs> I love uh, some of the quotes here. Alan Boyle, who you can hear him on the weekly Space Hangouts. Uh, the guys from Astronomy Cast, uh, a space show I listen to, they do weekly Hangouts, and, and Alan Boyle's on there, always talking about what he's writing, and really interesting stuff. Uh, some of the quotes here, he says, uh, the first impression that you get is how Earth-like this seems. Looking at the landscape, uh, that's Caltech's John Grotzinger, chief scientist for the 2.5 billion dollar mission. That's 2.5 Instagrams for those of you playing at home. Uh, he says you would you would really be forgiven for thinking that NASA was trying to pull a fast one on you, and we actually just put a rover out in the Mojave Desert and took a picture. And I I don't. That's funny to me because I know I know how funny the. The Mar, uh, the moon conspiracy, the moon hoaxers are like you. Anything short of like bringing them to the moon and seeing and, and being like, "Look, there's our stuff from last time." Like they're they're really, you know. Uh, do you guys know much about them? The the moon hoaxers. Oh yeah, that's that's they've classic. been out there for decades. Okay, yeah, Convinced. classic. It's 
And it's such a crock. Right? Excuse me? And then so when when John Grotzinger comes out and is like, this looks just like the Mojave Desert, I could just hear the moon hoaxers being like, it is a hoax. We knew it all along. We were right. Uh, it's it's really cool looking at some of the pictures and they right now what's up is uh, some animations I guess frame by frame of the the rover dr- uh, descending onto Mars with the parachute and everything and just there's one eerie picture that came out and it just when I look at it in my mind I just picture like this is a planet so far away, like this is another planet and this is a picture from it like we have a vehicle there that's take I don't know it gave me this real eerie sense of being so small and so insignificant with you know the the solar system and and the universe but that is what space will do for you right there's a lot of it out there yeah there is I like a little speck I think Seth somebody on Twitter mentioned uh like 30 minutes we landed this thing on on mars and an hour later i have a picture an, a high-res picture on my computer from it like yeah, that's yeah. technology that, that's just fantastic and and leave it of course to uh, the internet to promulgate uh mars rover uh uh spoofers so we got we got a, a fake twitter uh going on under the name of curiosity rover it that is the funniest Twitter account it I've is read. A riot. Isn't that great? It's so it's yeah. you guys should I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's it's the rover tweeting as if it's just this cynical rover, like, All right, NASA, I'm here, what do you want me to do now? Or Yeah, <laughs> I analyzed it and it's a rock. But it's very <laughs> it's very expletive though. It's it's very profound, but it's so funny. <laughs> I'm calibrating my alpha particle X-ray spectrometer, whatever the f*** that is. <laughs> <laughs> I swear so I have no clue what any of this shit does. Yeah, like isn't that great? I could just picture like Johnny Five from Short Circuit being this rover and just being like, "What the? F- what is this?" <laughs> the whole you got. I'm following it now. It's it's so funny. That. It is too funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's uh, yeah, what Twitter dot com slash Mars Curiosity C U R O I S I T Y. So spelled just off, but yeah. yeah and then yeah. just watching like the tweets from, I mean, for a lot of people, this was pretty much their work since they got out of like this is their life's work, and to watch it happen, especially through all the budget cuts and like. Some people at the time when that was happening didn't know whether or not their mission or what they were working on was going to still be uh, uh, something that exists. You know, it might have gotten cut like a lot of them did. So to be to see that, it's just neat. And then, yeah, like you said, having the Internet, I mean, pictures, video, tweets from people that are there. I mean, it, it, there's so much media. Actually, if you're on Android, I... I heard this on another show. NASA has an Android app. And usually I don't install apps from like things like that cuz they're never that great, but wow, this app like it's I'll, I'll show you some of the pictures and uh information, a ton of information. It's it's like a NASA wiki of sorts and it's all 
uh, it's organized by mission and it's, it's really, it's, I'm impressed. It, it's really put together well. And I should put it on my tablet so you can see it better, but that's what I was going to ask. So here's, yeah, I know here's, here's uh, I installed it actually on my way home from work just when I heard it, but so it's got all the different uh, categories there, missions, images, videos, tweets, (laughs) TV and radio. And then you can go inside each one and there's just a ton of cool pictures and, and stuff. So. Definitely check it out. I I don't know if it's on iOS. I would imagine it is, but it's, what's the if you name have, in the Play Store? Uh, NASA. Just search NASA. You'll find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah, do it. Pretty sweet. So I mean, a crowning achievement for for humanity. Like I said, just landing that thing. All the science that went into it. I mean, orbits and trajectories, and you have so much. They said it took like all these different teams and each team had like one small section of the problem to create a solution for and then it all gets put together and then we launch it into space you know it's i don't know i i really amazing i'm such a geek when it comes to this yeah right to do that you landed a suv on a planet how far away like that that in of of itself is just a phenomenal thing i mean landing on the moon okay that's not that far i can see it from here I can't see Mars from here. Can't I don't know if it's it. over there. I don't know if it's over there. You want me to land right. something on it? <laughs> they landed the thing without it blowing up, burning up, and all of that. You yeah. Know, it, it, it's, that's sick. Yeah. You know? But <laughs> I, will, I will play a little bit of devil's advocate here. First of all, what if it, if it didn't land successfully? That was, what did you say, $2.5 billion? 2.5 Instagrams, yes, sir. Yeah, and what if it had blown a tire? Well, then we'll build another one. You know, it's it just like $2.5 billion just gone, you know. <laughs> Down the drain. You know, and then as far as the images go, um, I'm ready to see something else besides the landscape, you know, because we've, we've seen images before from Mars, just from, yeah, from satellite we have orbiters and whatnot. And we had a couple other rovers. Yeah. yeah. It's more than images, though. It's the science that it's doing. Well, and that's what people, the scientists had to say that, like, you know, we know the public wants all of this stuff, but we as as engineers and as scientists, we have to check all of the instruments. We have to check all of the experiments that it's going to do there. Like, there's literally a whole science laboratory on this rover, you know? So it's not all about just taking pictures, but, of course, that's the first thing they're going to show because... It, for one, I mean, the Olympics is going on. So to pull people's, you know, minute attention spans away from that and onto something else, they have to have something to show them. Like, here's what we did. I think doing now, the, the whole... The last attempt, sorry, the last attempt, didn't they discover that water was there on Mars? That's why it got more and more interesting? That at one time there was or there may be deep, under, water right now, deep underneath. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can see why it's intriguing, you know, but I'm, I, I guess I'm just a little impatient now, you know. Okay, you guys are out there, show me more, you know. But I guess I'm not taking into the fact that taking in, taking in what it takes, it, how far away it is, so you know, far. Just, you know, they can't just send somebody over there and say, "Oh, wait, change this beaker out and put," you know the solution in to see what happens. You know, they're doing all of this just Yeah, right. Even if it's not practical, it's just people are curious, man, don't you think? I'm curious as hell about all kinds of stuff. 
it's kind of human nature to want to just to learn new things. And uh, we're yeah. explorers by, I mean, that's what yeah. we are by nature. Our brains are I, logical saying, thinking. There's kind of no practice. It's hard to see the practical return from this. I want to go there. I'm ready to leave this godforsaken planet and go check out something else. <laughs> uh, on average, Mars can be anywhere from 36 million miles to over 250 million miles apart from the Earth and the sun. Uh, on average... Yeah, so it's seventy-eight million miles, range. kilometers. Yeah, but it says they would only actually be that distance from one another on rare occasions because the orbits. So yeah. right, but that is pretty cool. I'm totally down with this. You know, these are the, these like I said, these guys are some serious brainiacs. You know, I, I I give them much credit on that. Just figuring out trajectories and things, just like you said earlier. You know, and doing all of this stuff remotely and to hit your landing spot like they could have landed this thing right into the side of a mountain (laughs) or you know in (laughs) some random grand canyon what matt said said before is really true these guys have been working their whole career on this yeah some of them we're rolling the dice right now man the the jubilation in the room reminded me of the um the guys at cern a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right. it was yeah, almost absolutely. that same exact feel inside. Like everyone just ah, oh. yeah, relief. You know, but like I say, what's next? You know, people sending people. Maybe more in the short term. Maybe we'll learn things that'll have practical applications in Earth. You never know. Honestly, they're checking for two things. If there's something we can mine and if there's oil. And if not, we're moving on to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing on this planet. Next. Next. (laughs) I've seen falling skies. I know how this works. (laughs) All right. uh, Any other comments on that? We'll move on. Uh, the federal government, I found this uh, article on Google Plus uh, right before the show. I thought it was kind of interesting, just real quick while everyone's trying to go green. The federal government wants to give you money for an electric bicycle. And some of us, maybe that works better than than others. But they're going to give you a 10% tax credit, which could be worth up to $2,500 for an e-bike or an e-motorcycle purchase. (laughs) Is this is this gonna help? Is this gonna do anything for Aunt? You're shaking your head, Larry. Shaking your head. <laughs> I have my uh, plain old bicycle. And I love it. <laughs> I don't want an e-bicycle. Yeah, give me if you're gonna give me an e-bicycle, give me an my, e-Harley. <laughs> yeah, my day. Give me my day job just down the street. You know, right. <laughs> This would work like in an ideal society where everything is localized more and where people are more localized to their jobs and their food source and where everything stays localized except for on the Internet. That's where we connect globally like that would work out great. I'll tell you where that is happening. It's not an ideal society, but there are two or three manufacturers selling electronic bikes in San Francisco where you've got this sort of high-density situation in narrow streets and traffic can be a nightmare, parking is impossible. Yep. So you get you get people out tooling around. Of course, already you get a lot of people bicycling, just straight the old-fashioned way, but you get more and more of these electronic bikes out. It could be kind of cool. 
Is that weird though? Like, un- unless you're disabled, like, why are you being lazy? Just pedal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is weird. Oh, come on, man. Give people a break. But you know, I used to live in Sweden, and I haven't been. That was a long time ago. But people use bicycles a lot for transportation. I noticed that all over countries. Europe. It, there's more bicycling. Where, um, where bicycles are really a main part of the transportation infrastructure. Cuba, Vietnam. A lot of places where people ride bikes a lot. I remember in Amsterdam seeing like just, I mean, an ungodly amount of bicycles all just like almost chained up to each other. And it seemed like the cops had to go there every like five days and and get rid of the ones that were, you know, stolen or had parts stripped. Like it was just a mess. It it was uh, enough to where it was, you know, almost causing problems, I think. It it takes a cultural difference. More yeah, definitely. I, I can't see people in Kalispell, Montana, like getting on their e-bikes and r- driving the 30 miles it takes to get to town, you know? And you guys all have horses, don't you? Yeah, that's my e-horse. <laughs> different cities are just totally different. It, it, what works in San Francisco would not yeah. work at all in Los Angeles. Right, that too, yeah, or in New Everything York. Everything in L.A. is so spread out. You just It's a city built for, for cars. Yeah, it's you got... need bike lanes, and you need a lot of infrastructure to, to make that work. Like, well, I'm used to riding in traffic, but most of the people I know won't do it. It's too scary. Does the government give you, do you know if they give you tax credits for buying e-cars, like those uh, hybrids, or do you get something? They did at one time. I don't know yeah. if they still do. Okay, do. so they're just bringing this up to par with that and saying almost any kind of e-vehicle to help the environment. I'd be curious to see the numbers, though, and see if, you know, this really makes any kind of a noticeable difference in, in the problems we're having. Getting a 10% discount, wouldn't you wouldn't think it would change anybody's mind about it. Well, especially if you have to buy it first, too. Like, they're, they're going to reimburse you. Like, the check's in the mail, we promise. I mean, I read this story, and I, I saw that it was being sponsored, I think, by the chair of the Senate Finance Committee. Yep. And I thought to myself, that... Somebody has gotten to him from the manufacturers of e-bikes and said, we'll contribute to your campaign if you support this wingnut idea of ours of, of uh, you know, subsidies for buying our bikes. You know what, Mike? It started with a, come on, and it ended with a $100 handshake. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. For sure. Only try 100 yeah, or, yeah. That sounds better to me. You're much right. better, Larry, much. Or sneakers. All right, well, speaking of government spending or lack thereof, you wrote an interesting piece here, Larry, about uh, – on July 22nd, Wall Street Journal guy uh, Gordon Krovitz, he wrote an article giving full credit for the invention of the internet to Xerox. <laughs> and the seating the government spent $124.5 million to uh, invent the internet or to give Park the money. Yeah. Uh, no, that article was that Wall Street Journal guy. I can only think that it's a politically motivated thing. He wants to make Romney look good and Obama look bad. The article was idiotic, embarrassing, and it was refuted roundly. And the thing I did was went back to an old paper that I'd written in 1996, I think, in Communications, the ACM. And at that time, I researched what it really cost to develop the precursors of the Internet. And if you take the uh, ARPANET, which um, 
with, you know, that was government-funded research. And then once the kind of proof of concept was done with the ARPANET, we spent uh, some more money doing CSNet, which connected all the computer science departments at universities. Then we did NSFNet, National Science Foundation Net, which connected all the universities, all the higher education institutions. And then we did something that I was really involved in called the International Connections Program, where once we had NSFNet as kind of a U.S. backbone, we invited, uh, we gave free transit across that, free access to it, to uh, mostly to developing nations. I, as I recall, it was 28 different nations eventually connected to that. So that really got, first of all, got the technology invented, proved the concept that you can have a wide area, you know, very big net packet switch network. And then by doing the, the uh, bringing in the universities and the, and the other nations, kind of got the critical mass of people that knew how cool this thing was. And Wait, then Larry? The government phased NSFNet out over four years. So are you and telling me Xerox didn't invent the internet? Xerox is a cool place, uh, but they didn't invent the internet. And it, it, like the thing he was in that article, the guy was a real, he embarrassed himself. I'm sure he's a really smart guy. Does he know no that? How that got past the editors or whatever. It, it just seemed like purely, you know, the thing I said, those guys sort of have such a strong bias against government that they just assumed that the government couldn't have done anything worthwhile. Uh, Ethernet came from Xerox Park, but Ethernet was the protocol, you know, the CS, the collision detection, all that, CDMA, was invented for a thing called the LOANET, which was government-funded. That was a wireless network in the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, Bob, the guy that invented Ethernet, full well knew that he did that about that. Um, it, it, How does thing, this oh, happen? That was ridiculous. They did kind of really, at Xerox Park, they really did the local area network and the idea of servers. But is this is this taken out of context or like how does something that blatantly incorrect get to published? To me, all I can think is this. The Wall Street Journal has to have people that vet articles. I mean editors? It's got to be editors, yes. Yeah. The guy that wrote that, this guy he is the ex-publisher of the thing. Maybe he's such a big shot that nobody's willing to say, hey man, Deleted. Publishers uh, don't get edited or don't have editors. I, then you got me, man. That's I mean, that, the, that just the more seems like thing a thing. Would be to say, you know, this is owned by uh, right wing people, and they're just trying to make Obama and government. You know, the role of government should be zero. Like in our right. reality, the government. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's that's I my take on it. it. Huh? Well, that's my... my take on it. This story is going to reverberate through the. The, the right wing media now for weeks, even though it is it is totally baloney, as yeah. yet more supposed evidence that we need smaller government, and the government doesn't do any good in our lives. Yeah. Well, excuse me, the government gave us the, the the internet among a lot of other benefits. One of the things I turned up in that article I wrote in nineties in nineteen ninety six was the the congressional appropriation of thirty thousand dollars was given to Samuel Morris to try out this telegraph thing he had invented. Uh, I mean, the government is really, it's, it's not the first uh, government in, uh, you know, venture, if you will. In, uh, hey, in is, is, is NASA government? Uh, yeah, I think last time I looked, I think Interesting. So. so the government put a, put a fake man on the moon 
<laughs> and then hoaxed Mars. The, you know, the government the hoaxed Mars. The other thing that's lost in this is a lot of that government spending is to subcontractors like BBN and, you know, to comp private companies. So they create jobs too? Yeah. Can huh. you that? You why why do people hate it? this government thing you're talking about? Why why are people so not on board? What's up with that? I don't know. You got to ask old Romney about that or, or the, better yet, go to the Tea Party meeting. I like, don't talk to Mormons or, or Tea Partiers. Well, then you're I'm totally kidding, Mormons. <laughs> One can get cynical. I just think maybe they, I don't know. You think it was that cynical, Michael, that they might that they just say, okay, we're going to tell a lie and it'll help Romney? You think they know they're lying? Yeah, that's the best the question. Does that you guy, know. when he wrote that article, did he know he was full of uh, shit? No, I doubt that he did. I, I, I don't want to say he intentionally misled or that the journal misled. I think it is a mindset that, that re, and you've made this point earlier, it's a mindset that says, oh yeah, government's worthless, we'll just publish this because it must be true. Or we know the level of our readers and no one's going to notice. <laughs> I mean, maybe, by the way, of no, course, we... it, this isn't an issue of left or right. You know, a few years ago we had uh, uh, Al Gore who invented the internet or in, yeah, invented the internet. Wait, I so, thought Xerox invented. Yeah. Now you're confusing me. <laughs> yeah. That's also an urban legend or whatever. He was really instrumental in finding, and he supported the idea and was instrumental in getting funding, but I don't think that he ever said in his life he invented the internet or anything else. Was that before or after he invented climate change? <laughs> yeah, right. It was a bad rap that, that he got. He got tarred with. All right. Well, uh, we all know on the internet there's just tons of stuff, right? Bits and bytes and, and all this stuff. You guys know what the Internet Archive is, right? You guys yep. are familiar with that? Okay. We'll put a link to the uh, Wayback Machine, which is uh, kind of interesting on there. I, I have a couple sites I made way back in the day, like pre-front page, Microsoft front page. They're just like bright and moving. Oh, just terrible. Hideous. <laughs> what did Hideous. we know about design, people? Come on. Uh, but the Internet Archive, they're releasing. I, I think this is really cool. This is giving more uh, legitimacy to BitTorrent that it's not just for letting me watch Breaking Bad when it comes out instead of two days later on the legit services. You know. Um, but yeah, the Internet Archive, uh, they are releasing one petabyte of data and they're using BitTorrent to do it. Which, on a, on a good private site that has a good solid tracker, I'm talking torrents now, that has a lot of good peers that are sharing with even a, a decent amount of bandwidth, say your lower grade, middle grade, DSL even, enough of them will give you just a great large amount of bandwidth. I mean, I, I can pull down shows and movies in like two minutes with a good peer set like five megabits just pulling it down you know i'll probably bottleneck my hard drive speed before it but it shows that i mean if you have a bunch of data that you want to share that's a great way to do it get get the people that are downloading it this is why i never understood why apple never used or even looked into some sort of peer-to-peer -peer for when they release updates of their new operating system because i always that's the one complaint i always hear is that, man, this, the download failed, or server's unreachable, or this or that. 
each download that completes is adding bandwidth to your overall, uh, what's it called, a swarm. So it makes sense that if you have 100,000 people all hitting this thing, as soon as the first one goes, the second one's going to go, and the third one's going to go, and then the fourth one's going to go, and now we all have this giant pool of bandwidth for everybody else to, to get. Or even seed it out yourself. Have 20 servers all over the place, or even EC3 instances running this. I'm sure that can work. And seed it yourself so there's not just, you know, you have a good initial swarm. And then that would never be a problem. Ever. I, I, I don't know. I don't see why more people don't use it for, like, legitimate stuff like that. But this is a cool step in the direction, uh, in the right direction, that uh, in a blog post, the Internet Archive said they're going to offer 1.5 million torrents, including live music, concerts, the Prelinger movie collection, the LibriVox audio book collection, feature films, old-time radio, more than 1.2 million books, and all new uploads from patrons who are into community collections. Cool. I'm totally down. Yeah. This is cool, right? Go Internet I Archive. I can that, but you know, one of my favorite podcasts I like watching, Techzilla, they use BitTorrent to distribute their information, their, uh, their content. I, I and, thought about trying to figure that out to, to not have to have a dedicated server, but to use your listener base. And I, what I came to the conclusion was it only works if you have either your own base of seeds that you started or enough listeners to where there's always at least one or two people sharing every episode or at least one of every episode. If that makes you know, sense. But, back pre SOPA discussion, Techzilla was was taken down by a DDoS because someone went in and said, you know what, these folks are using BitTorrent and illegally sharing uh, content. And they had no idea that it was their own content they were sharing. Because some people out there believe that anything on BitTorrent is illegal because they have right. no – they don't know that BitTorrent is a protocol – it's not a crime. A crime. <laughs> they don't, right. you know, they don't understand that. There's a disconnect there. Yeah. But I, I look forward to that, man. This 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 website, the uh, Internet Archive, I remember you sharing some stuff on it before about the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, if they're going to put this stuff out here, especially with live concerts, oh, man, I'm all over that. What, Mike? Man, is, is there timing connected with that? When's, when's that coming online? Uh, that's a good question. They say that uh, it's going to, or it is, or no, they're they're constantly putting things up. So there's some of it on. They're they're eventually going to have all of that stuff. I don't know what the date is to have it finished by. We need that link in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Internet Archive is a very cool. Yeah. Very cool archive. They say that they set up the site to store images, video, you know, you, the basically whole websites. <laughs> they, they capture like whole websites, like a screenshot of it. So you can go back and look at what, you know, Yahoo or, or even your, your old homepage, you know, chances are it's up there. That's a scary thought. Yeah, I got a couple up there. there. Yeah, like I said, they're just wow. Uh, they say, of course, as we know, BitTorrent has been the center of copyright infringement lawsuits. Uh, the example, the founders of the Pirate Bay, one of the popular ones, uh, got found guilty of crimes against copyright laws. They say, quote, I supported the original creation of BitTorrent because I believe in building technology to make it easy for communities to share what they have. 
the archive is helping people to understand that BitTorrent isn't just for ephemeral or dodgy items that disappear from view in a short time. That's John Gilmore, uh, founder of the EFF. Uh, He says, BitTorrent is a great way to get and share large files that are permanently available from libraries like the Internet Archive. Good stuff. Could could YATS be distributed through Bruce for uh, the Internet Archive? You, we could do it if each of the hosts had their computer on all the time, hooked up, and were seeding. See, that's the only way it works is, like, I can't just set mine up and seed all of them. Like, it has to be more than a couple people. So you either have to have a big listenership or enough, you know, people that you know or enough servers that are all running this to make it really worthwhile. But does being on Internet Archive give you sort of a, a community of... Uh, uh, is there any advantage to being on in a big commonplace like that? Well, Hold you're on. you're not getting if a DDoS does happen, you're not if they take down one of your seeds, your the whole swarm doesn't drop. Uh, no, isn't there going to be a community of seeds coming out of that? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, they're going to be seeding initially, and I would imagine they're just going to set up servers that are going to keep them going. Uh, They say the distributed nature of BitTorrent swarms and their ability to retrieve torrents from local peers may be of particular value to patrons with slower access to the archive, uh, like those outside the U.S. or institutions with slow connections. And they also have BitTorrent download stats. Uh, For example, the 1959 B-movie classic Plan 9 from Outer Space is among the 25 most popular downloads (laughs) with 69 instances. Number one right now, Isaac Asimov, The Foundation Trilogy. <laughs> That's awesome. A book. Uh, yes. Book one. I Sci-fi think. Geeks Unite. I know, right? War of the Robots, <laughs> some Charlie Chaplin, House on Haunted Hill, 1959. Rescue from Gilligan Island. Oh, man, we got to end the show. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So... Torrance doing good stuff. Uh, when we used to, every year we would do a live audience show and people would fly here and hang out in Glacier Park, and, you know, do the, the camping Montana thing. And at the end of the week, we'd do a live show. And the only way we would have three cameras all HD and my editor was in Canada. So to get him all of this, it'd be each show, I think, ended up being about 30 to 40 gigs worth of HD video from each camera and then pictures and then the audio because we would do all the high quality. It, it just, we're like, how do you, you can't put that on FTP. I mean, you can, but it's, <laughs> you know, so we started making torrents with it. And I'll tell you, just for him to be able to come and go as he had internet connection because he didn't have it at his house. So he was going here, going there, getting it to be able to resume solidly, not like a FTP resume that may or may not work sometimes. It really, you know, at the end of, I think, three weeks it took, but he got all of the footage, and it was it was all good, all from BitTorrent. And that was just setting up, using BitTorrent to set up a direct connection, basically, from me to him, rather than, you know, having a bunch of people seed it. I was the only one seeding it, and he was the only one downloading it. So we didn't benefit from the whole pure swarm thing. But as a connection way to get something from me to you that has really great resume capabilities and uh, some checks to make sure you know all all the pieces are are the right pieces it, it worked really well 
I think it's when a great I do technology. the show notes. When I do the show notes for this episode, I'm going to include a video that I saw a while back that that explained the, the process of BitTorrent. Oh, I mean, nice. it, it it put it in in layman's terms and 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 made it really easy to understand. You know, because just like you said, a lot of people have misconceptions about what it is and all they think about is piracy. Yeah. You know, but it being a protocol, it it can be really useful. You know, for sharing data. You it would know, be just interesting for... to compile a big long list of people that are using it for legitimate purposes. Like right. I'll bet Hollywood studios that hate piracy are just are spreading. You know, doing some of their internal work using BitTorrent. I'll bet they're doing some file transfers as part of their workflow. Well, and even I mean, that's just a guess. When you're using server farms to render video, like when when Pixar does their large mass rendering, like that's kind of, I mean, it's not BitTorrent, but it's that idea of distributed computing and all of these processors are going to work on this one file rather than, you know, and it, it cuts the time down. But BitTorrent's like that, but with sending things, basically, with data transmission. It's really neat. It would be really fun to put together a uh, a list of some of the really you know legitimate uses as opposed to piracy uses. And didn't I thought I production? And I'll bet you'd find some of that in in production of in the workflow of production of things that are that uh, that the uh, RIA or the the Motion Picture Association uh, is producing. I think there was a story a while ago about those their IPs, certain blocks of IPs that belong to the MPAA and the RIAA, uh, were found in BitTorrent swarms. <laughs> like, what are you guys yeah, doing? But it's a legitimate part of their workflow. Yeah, could be. The kind um, of thing you were talking about, where you got a lot of video and you got to get it over to an editor and whatever. I think didn't Twit have the guy that invented the BitTorrent protocol on, and he was experimenting with a beta of BitTorrent Live, which is using torrents to do a live stream like this. I never looked into it more to see what happened. Did you see on AOTA last night? I know Joey posted this in the doc, and we never really got to it, but I was kind of curious uh, what you guys think about it. Acer came out. You know when Microsoft first uh, announced the Surface, they were like, this is going to be awesome, not only for us, but for our partners too, yay. And the partners were like, okay. And then they did their SEC filings, and they said, well, maybe not all of our partners are yay, but we're still going to do it anyway. And now Acer came out, and they are like, listen, Microsoft, Think about this. You, you you need to really choose your next words wisely. Is basically what they said. Um, yeah. The, do you think is is it just them, or are they the only one with cojones enough to come out and say something? What do you think, Mike? Oh, I don't know. My guess is uh, that this is a market that's going to shake itself out. Where is Acer going to go? I I really don't think. This is going to be the year of uh, the the Linux desktop, and that's what their other option is, I guess. I mean, yeah. Some I heard an interesting discussion, kind of relating it to Android and how the different manufacturers and device makers, as much as it annoys their end users to high heaven. I mean, some of us, right. they skin it. They could easily take a Linux distro, skin it so that it looks like Windows, or, I mean, skin it 
and so it looks like whatever, whatever you want, and sell it that way. And that could be a possibility, but people buy Windows because they want Windows, yeah, I, and existing I, I, infrastructure is all Windows already. I think that's been tried. Uh, you know, the Lindos? Linux, <laughs> the Linux, Linux lap, uh, Linux uh, laptops or desktops, however they're skinned, haven't done very well in the consumer marketplace. Now, maybe that's going to change someday, and that'd be kind of great. After all, uh, Android is basically Linux, so maybe there's a path through Android to the successful model. Well, and look at. Apple. Apple is. I mean, uh, that that OS is basically Linux. It's Linux free BSD well. in the background. You can run a terminal. I mean, you. It's it's all the same. It's just different skins of it. Now, some of these skins are to the core or to the kernel. You know, they're they're deeper than just a theme overlay. But you could just as easily do that if if you had to. And I their whole. I'm- oh, go ahead. I think competition is good in the marketplace. I think, I think Microsoft has probably been frustrated for decades that uh, uh, the manufacturers take their operating system and add a bunch of crapware. And make money and off it. Make money off it. Basically screw up the end user experience. And, of course, Microsoft gets blamed with, for all of that. Do you Doesn't think? Microsoft have a deal where they'll sell you, they will themselves sell you a, Kind of a plain, no crap, no, uh, what, yeah. Through their stores and through their website. Uh, and frankly, it hasn't taken off very well because it's their, they had, they don't, their configurations of hardware and software tend to lag what's most current in the marketplace. Right. And but, this... you know, I think, I think this is all sort of PR, uh, if Acer wants to kind of thump its chest and complain for a while, they're still going to have a, a very strong position in the market. They're still going to come out with t- tablets and laptops and the rest of it. Do you think what he's saying, though, is legit, saying that Microsoft should focus on doing one thing and for them to to have you know two different businesses, they're not doing either of them well, they should focus on one and let us handle the rest? Like, is that is that legit at all or is that just whining? I think I think it's Microsoft set, setting the bar for the rest of the manufacturers. It's a Nexus. Kind of, it's it's, it's a, a Nexus, Nexus device, right? Yeah, I was going to say, what's the difference? Yeah, there's there, Google and Microsoft are both putting out their uh, reference devices. But yeah, more than just kind of like Intel would do a reference thing, and but people, would they sell it to the build the reference machine? But still. Is it is what Microsoft's doing anything different than what Google's done? Well, it depends. If micro is Microsoft going to make multiple different versions and really push it in their stores? Because Google makes the one and then sells it, and then that's it. And and I don't even think Intel sells theirs. They just make them. Oh, they say here's ref, and that's it. Intel's really are references. Right, right. They're not end user products. Well, of course, we don't know yet what Microsoft's going to do with this. That's yeah. But, but what we know at at this moment is that Microsoft is going to market these through their stores and there are about 20 of them right. worldwide and through their uh, their website. So you've got to imagine with that limitation on distribution, they're, they're not going to sell all that well. Uh, I, I think it's more for marketplace impact than actually market share. 
I like I like Wang's quote where he says, "We have said it. Think it over. Think twice. It's going to create a huge negative impact for the ecosystem, and other brands may take a negative reaction. Think it over." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love think that. Microsoft would be fine if they treated it as a Nexus device, you know. Yeah. You know, just just set the standard and and hope that it doesn't get skinned to death, you know. Or what about the Xbox Android model? Did. What about the Xbox model? They they didn't they didn't make different ones of that. They made one, and then the new one comes out, and then the new one. But they're still making one. But you don't see that license to anybody. That's their thing. No. There's not other. Yeah, so uh, they say, too, that uh, this isn't the first time Acer's criticized Microsoft's tablet ambitions. Uh, Acer's senior VP and president for Europe, Middle East, and Africa mentioned that soon after the Surface's unveiling, Microsoft's strategy to take on Apple with the Surface tablet will fail. Are they even... It didn't even seem to me that that's who who they were going after. What do your birds say, Larry? (laughs) They didn't get sour grapes. I bet our, our listeners with headphones enjoy that. <laughs> he says, shut, I, up, birds. "Shut up, birds!" Uh, yeah, got his act together tonight. Now the birds are going crazy. Maybe I should feed him. Nah. He says, "I don't think it will be successful because you cannot be a hardware player with two products." Microsoft is working with two dozen PC vendors worldwide, including the local guys, whereas Apple is alone and it can more or less do what it wants. So, I don't know. What I'm beginning to see is a number of uh, manufacturers announcing Windows 8 devices. Lenovo, I don't know, just in the last few days has announced a pretty impressive-looking uh, Lenovo ThinkPad running Windows 8. Uh, Lenovo tends to be a little pricey, but, boy, to read the things, uh, to read the specs on the thing, it sure would be a sweet device to own. Help I like me to understand this quote here. Just just what you just said. I don't think it would be successful because you cannot be a hardware player with two products. Right, the Xbox 360. Isn't that what he's talking? That's what I assumed he was talking about was the Xbox well, and then this. And he's like, but Apple is doing this alone. Okay. They have their iPad, they have their their or I'm sorry, their iOS devices and then they have their OS X devices. All of that's their hardware, right? Right, they're doing it alone, though. It's not Acer making Apple stuff. It's not, you know, Oh, I see. Okay, Asus. Say Microsoft should stick to software and let Acer do the hardware. I like what this comment in the uh, after the article says. For better, Acer is smart not to follow the Nokia trail. <laughs> uh, that's stone stones. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Balmershmoff, Smallmershoff. He says that's. Pretty funny, but who knows? I mean, it could totally flop, and that I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is this reminiscent of the of Google having Motorola? I mean, it's another kind of one of these conflicts, isn't it? Mm, no, because Google made it apparent from the get go that they were they were just in it for the patents, and they're going to sell off the actual manufacturing side. That's why. I, I don't know. Isn't it already in the works? Them selling off the set top bots division? Right. I, see, I thought so. And and that's when when uh, what was it? Samsung or HTC? I forget who who came out and was like, "Well, what about us? Are we? Are you going to show favor to Motorola now for your Nexus phones or for anything? Are they going to get early releases of Android before we do? 
are people going to like it more because you're not skinning it and we are? I mean, who knows, you know? But that they they clearly were like, we're, we, we don't even care about that. These are for patents because Apple won't stop suing our other manufacturers. <laughs> so you really think they're not going to aggressively, uh, they're not going to make Motorola, they're not, you think they're going to really, you believed it. Would they have come out with the Q? Just saying. (laughs) I mean, if they had, if they were keeping Motorola, I feel like that would have. I mean, we would have seen more of that stuff at I/O. I I don't know. Maybe next time they're going to sell off Motorola. They're not going to keep it as a. The last I read on it is they're in the works of getting rid of that set-top box side of Motorola. Well, mobility, ju- what they bought, you know, Motorola Mobility, it wasn't just set-top boxes that they made. They make modems, oh, right? They, right? They make quite a bit of stuff. But what I understood was that they were, they were getting rid of all of the hardware stuff. They didn't want anything except for the patents. But, you know, who knows? And when they made that acquisition, I know it was for the patents, but I thought it would have been a good idea just for the whole Google TV experience you know motorola already has these boxes that we use for our uh cable tv and satellite dishes or whatever why not integrate that into some type of ip tv device that's funny that you wanted they got the case (laughs) that's funny you wanted the tvs because i was wanting a google motorola phone it seemed the last two motorola droids the droid and the droid x the hardware itself, the screens, the just the way they were made is seems so much better than my Samsung Galaxy Nexus. The Nexus, it's flimsy and the screen scratches and like so. I was dying for like a, a Motorola Droid X Nexus. Like I wanted a Nexus device from Motorola that wasn't crapped on by Verizon. That's what I wanted, but it didn't sound like we were getting it. So n- Nexus, I have, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Windows 8, I don't know. I'm still running XP on the recorder here, the AMD. And then I got 7 on the the, the Vio and this HP tablet. <laughs> you guys all on 7? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on 7. Are any of you guys using 8 in any kind of production? Layer? Haven't even installed it. Yeah, I haven't installed it for my VMs. I remember, too, back on XP, I found a long time ago when that was, like, first coming, that when the next version, it was Longhorn, I found a copy online, and I installed it, and all it really worked was, like, the cool-looking clock and stuff, but I wasn't that interested in in the new version now, because 7, I don't know, I'm to the point where, like, this does everything, and it's stable, and it's secure, or as secure as I can make it with what I know, like... I don't, they're not, okay, they're not offering anything above and beyond what I'm currently doing in this capacity of podcasting, video, any of that stuff, that I'm like, ooh, I need to go F up my OS so I can try, you know, it, it just, it seems completely unnecessary. Oh, I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you, I'm running Windows 8 on laptop now, not on my production desktop, uh, but I really like it on laptop, and as soon as the final, as soon as I get the final bits, I'm, and I think that will be mid-August, I'm going to install them on my production desktop PC. Mike, are you just using it in, in, you know, I don't know, classical motors, whatever they call it, as opposed to metro motors? Whoa, whoa, Larry. It's not called metro anymore. <laughs> 
X, what is it called? It's called yeah. Microsoft Word. User Interface. <laughs> Wind. <laughs> Whatever the hell it's called. I'm, I'm calling it Metro myself. Me too. I'm calling it Metro, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've yet to find a Metro app that's really all that compelling. And frankly, there aren't a lot of Metro apps yet, which probably has got Microsoft scared shitless. Coming against uh, the wall. Getting pretty yeah. close. I was thinking so I, of putting I, it on I this. I mostly use it in uh, classic desktop mode. But, you How know, is it better or worse than Windows 7? And there goes Hangouts. Let's just rejoin. Hey, I'm back. It's fine. It's cool. Hangouts just crashed. No big deal. So what were you saying? I, I see two of you, man. I know. That's so stupid. No, seriously, in the little windows down below. Yeah, no, I know. That it one of you is, one it, of you is frozen. It'll leave. Frozen. Much better coloring. It'll leave. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks much healthier, even if it's frozen. <laughs> it's the ghost of Matt. The ghost of oh, Matt's I, past. I, I can't I, wait to see yeah. a anyway. screenshot. So... And there it goes again. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess that means it's time to end the freaking Far show. enough to motivate my move. No, let's do oh, that man. again. That's fun. Did Ant crash too? No. No, I didn't crash, but you've crashed twice. It's going to do it again, so let's just end the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you know, Matt, you, you said that right after you were telling us how secure your... your how how straight was. up legit my sec is. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. So what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for listening, guys. Email the crew at yetanothertexture.com. I changed the voicemail so you can leave us messages at 406-204-4687. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Google+. And everywhere else we are, follow all of us. All that information is on the site, yetanothertechshow.com. Check out the playlist. Over 34 hours of technological content. It's amazing. Mike Rothman, Ant Pruitt, Larry Press. I'm Matt Lee. And that's Yats. And that's the dog. Good night, everybody. Appreciate y'all listening. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.